Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. My friends, welcome, welcome, welcome to 2021. My goodness, what a year, you guys, what a year. Now, I can't even begin to fathom what you are feeling right this very moment. Maybe you feel relieved and are like, bye, Felicia, to 2020, right? Or maybe you feel heavy. There's just so much that's gone on. Maybe you feel exuberant and you have so much anticipation for this next year. Maybe you feel apathetic. You don't know what to feel because you feel a bit numb. Maybe you feel a mix of all of the above. Whatever it is, I want to give you permission to feel that feeling. 2020 was a lot of things, my friend. So just give yourself some grace to process through whatever you're feeling right now. I'll tell you what I feel about it being the new year of 2021. I honestly feel a little bit flooded because so much happened in 2020 and I actually had to start 2021 full speed ahead because I have some fun, amazing things coming up this year. So I feel a bit flooded by all of that. But simultaneously, underneath it all, I also feel hopeful. 2020 was a year for me of a lot being thrown off of course and being shaken up. But I have to admit on the positive side, in terms of heart of dating, this year was actually beyond my wildest dreams for us as a ministry. At the end of 2019, I wrote down some of my biggest prayers that I wanted to throw up to God for 2020. And I'll tell you what, you guys, my three biggest prayers that I wrote down for heart of dating God provided a way for all of those three big prayers to happen in 2020. And while I'm feeling a lot of things right now, I just want to take a moment to really be grateful to you guys, this community, for helping to make 2020 what it was for us here at Heart of Dating. We had a lot of phenomenal things happen, and I'm just going to name a few. We launched Drop the Hanky Digital Dating, which is our first online dating platform. We launched our very first conference, the Heart of Dating Conference, last July, where we had nearly 5,000 singles from around the world come and join. We hit 100 episodes and we celebrated by having the legendary Dr. Gary Chapman on the show from the five love languages. We hired our very first employee, the absolutely incredible Gabriella Esperu. We also had our first Heart of Dating wedding featuring guests that we had on the podcast from a year ago, Brad and Alyssa Staby. You guys, they met in our private Facebook community and we just love them and so grateful for their wedding. And y'all, on top of all that, I finished writing my very first book in 2020 that's set to come out this year in 2021. By the way, you can pre-order it right now by going to thankyouforrejectingme.com. And if you do pre-order right now, you can get some epic pre-order bonuses before the book comes out on February 16th. So guys, overall, it really was a beautiful year of growth and opportunity for Heart of Dating. And the reality is, I kind of have a feeling that we're just getting started. 
Now I'm humbled because A, I know it hasn't been this way for everyone. And B, I know that it wouldn't be this way at all if it wasn't for our stellar community, AKA you guys. This community is really something so special and I mean that with every ounce of my heart. Now friends, even though things at Hearted Dating were really wonderful this year, I also wanna share with you that personally, there were some things that were a bit difficult for me. Writing a book on rejection was amazing, but also taxing. It brought me to so many tears and it made me face the depths of my own imposter syndrome. And it also brought out some new layers of grief that needed to be healed and dealt with. Not only that, but this last year I was actually in a dating relationship with someone that I thought I was gonna end up with, only to several months in have that relationship suddenly end. And if you're thinking that's a bit ironic because I wrote a book on rejection and then a few months after turning it in, I got massively rejected, then you'd be totally correct, you guys. <laughs> that is the irony and that is how God works. What I never realized was that writing my book, Thank You For Rejecting Me, was gonna be the very words that I would need to read the most to heal my own heart this year. So guys, that's what brings me to season six today. The way I split up my brand new book, Thank You For Rejecting Me, is that I wrote each chapter as a different kind of rejection that we may face in life. You see, rejection doesn't just happen in dating and through heartbreak. It can happen in all sorts of ways. It can happen when you get betrayed by someone really close to you. It can happen when you're abandoned by a family member or a friend. It can show up when you feel like a failure and you face tons of closed doors. You can feel it when you are left out or are uninvited or just feel different than everyone else. You can also feel it through horrific things like abuse. And friend, you also experience rejection in the ways in which you self-reject, meaning the ways you reject yourselves before others even have a chance through things like insecurity and body image and self-hatred. Rejection doesn't have one way of showing up. It's layered and it's multifaceted and it's really sneaky sometimes. So here's what you can expect in the beginning of season six. I've taken the different themes of my book on rejection and each week I have a guest on the show to tackle that theme through the telling of their story and their journey. And then on Fridays, I will be releasing mini episodes with some practical tips on how to overcome that specific kind of pain, trauma, and rejection. I want you to start 2021 with the best possible tools, okay? So I'm so excited about our guest lineup and all of the topics that we will be covering. And I really just believe that it's going to be transformative and so healing for you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode for today. Today, we're starting with the big question after facing the, all of the pain from 2020, which is, where is God in the midst of all of this pain? Why does God allow such pain and hardship and trauma and grief to happen? Why does it seem that he isn't answering my prayers? Is God on mute? So for this conversation today, I brought on my girl, Hannah Brencher, to really press into this topic. Hannah Brencher is an author, blogger, TED speaker, and entrepreneur. She founded the World Needs More Love Letters, a global community dedicated to sending letter bundles to those who need encouragement. Named as one of the White House's soft cover spokesperson for the United States Postal Service, Hannah has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Oprah, Glamour, USAToday.com, the Chicago Tribune, and so many more. You guys can find out more about Hannah at hannahbrencher.com. And also, by the way, Hannah has a brand new book out called Fighting Forward, which is going to help you address the biggest lies that you face in your life. I actually flew through it at the end of 2020 and it just came out. So I would highly recommend to go and check it out. 
You guys, today we are talking about, is God on mute? Where is God within all of the pain that we've experienced? This episode today is healing, eye-opening, and so sweet. So I'm so excited to introduce you to season six, episode one with the incredible Hannah Brencher. Hannah Brencher, welcome my friend to Heart of Dating times two. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. I know, girl. I feel like I, I was just here. I know you were, but I'm like, we could have a good, awesome conversation anytime. I'm like, come on, whatever you want, you know? <laughs> I know. We had like a meeting the other day and it turned into like 45 minutes. I know. Was, I thought it was going to be like a 10 minute call, but I should know with us that like we just go there. We're just going in, you know, or the voice memos back and forth, whatever it is, we're going to make it happen and probably talk like a novel, you know? Yep. Yep. We're here for it. Oh gosh. Well, girl, things have happened since we last talked. First of all, this big, like crazy thing called COVID happened. I don't know if you've heard of it, but... <laughs> Just, just a little bit. I was laughing. We were just laughing because like our last interview was about online dating and it was before we even knew that COVID was going to be a thing. We're talking about how to debunk stigmas of online dating and why people should try it and how you met your husband Lane on a dating app. Mm -hmm. And it's like now then it was like, girl, we prophetically did that interview. Okay. Like, <laughs> yep, we did. We were gearing everybody up for the pandemic and- yeah. Pod style dating, which is so okay. Wait, did you ever watch Love is Blind? Yes, I totally binge watched it, girl. Of course. If that wasn't prophetic, like, <laughs> right? I don't know what is. Like, here we all are in our little pods. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. You're so, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even realize it until right now. I'm like, whoa. That's yeah. eerie. Oh, how weird. Yep. Well, that, there's that too. <laughs> I love it. But, um, I mean, this year has just just been a lot of things. And I'm so excited because it's the new year, 2021, and we're talking about just starting new. And I can't, I mean, I think we're all kind of excited about that. <laughs> like, like, we're like yeah. 2020 is behind us and now we are starting a new year. And I'm, I'm really pumped to have you on too, because you just wrote and launched a new book. So before we get into this awesome convo, will you tell us a little bit about Fighting Forward and your heart behind that book? Yeah, Fighting Forward is my new book coming out January 5th, and I'm really excited for this book. It's very different than the other two books that I've written, um, simply because it's not, so it's not a chronological book at all. There's no like underlying backstory like the other two books. Really what I wanted to do was create something so that like if you flip to chapter nine, you wouldn't have to read chapter eight or chapter seven to know what's happening in chapter nine, you know, like you could just get something wherever you were at. And so I basically packed a book filled with what I like to call fight songs. And these are like power packed essays. They're short, they're quick, they're digestible, but they're mainly meant to be encouragement for people mm -hmm. to, you know, get, get up and show up and live their lives and go out there and do things. And you know, all these things that I think we're afraid of sometimes, like, you know, starting and keep like building consistency and discipline and finishing well and being cheerleaders for one another. And so, yeah, that's what fighting forward is. 
I love it, girl. I When I was flipping through and I've now read it, but at first I looked, I was like, oh my gosh, 27 chapters. Because obviously my book is coming out in February and I was like, holy wow, I have 11 chapters. I was like, this is amazing. Like you have 27 chapters and they're, it's so good though because it like is, it, they're short, just like you said, and they're packed with You feel punch. like you're getting something done. Yes, you know? Like, I know. Oh, I finished another one. Good. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's why in my book I made subheadings because I was like, okay, maybe they're not going to read the whole chapter one sitting at least to the subheading, you know, and then you keep going. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I I love it. Actually, that's so funny too that you didn't do it in chronological order because thank you for rejecting me. Also, same thing. Like I just, each chapter is a different kind of rejection. And so I wanted it to be like, hey, whatever rejection you're experiencing in this season, you can flip back to that and like read that chapter that will help you through that specific kind of rejection, you know? Yep. I love that. So powerful, fun, and makes it so that you can read the whole thing and then go back to whatever you may be experiencing that day, that week, in that season. And I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so, so with you. Yes. Okay. So as we just were saying, you know, 2020, ah, it's no surprise to anyone. It's been this crazy year of chaos and confusion and lots of pain. And for many people, a lot of singles listening, a lot of loneliness and just darkness. And I don't even know all the stats, but I've read articles throughout the year of just with mental health issues spiking and suicide rates going up and people feeling, people with lost jobs and lost friendships. Because even just with COVID, you're losing, you're losing, like I've heard so many lost friendships, even had some distance in some of my friendships just because I can't see people the same way. And then of course, like broken relationships and heartbreak, which I don't know, like, man, I went through a heartbreak in 2020 and doing that in quarantine is so tough. Like the oh things gosh, like, know, right? you know, you should get a medal. You really should. <laughs> right. Anybody who's been through that. And there is a question that we're going to kind of unpack today through this conversation that has loomed in my mind, and I know in many people's minds, just why would God allow all of this to happen? You know, just, like just a small question. Just like a little bit. Are we gonna impact that or what? You know, like come on. <laughs> and it's it's hard to like see because we're experiencing it on individual levels. But then collectively, we're like that we see so much pain happening in our country and our world and like rejections and trauma and grief like overall. So there's like a collective, why is this happening? And then there's an individual, why is this happening to me? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the final chapter, chapter 11 of my book, I, I, I asked three questions about this. And the first is, what do we do when it seems that God is silent? What do we do when we feel like God is silent? What do we do when we feel like our prayers aren't being heard or answered? And then what do we do in the midst of life's biggest valleys when we feel like there is no way out? So I want to start there, Hannah, and just ask, like, have you ever felt that God has been silent in your life or prayed for something and had it not be answered? And like, you know, frustratingly, or just felt like you were never going to get out of whatever season you were in? I want to, I want to just like start there. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think especially to say that, that if you're listening and you feel that you are not alone because it's easy to feel like when you're in the midst of it, like I'm the only one, like everyone else is hearing God speak and I'm off on this Island. Um, for sure. I mean, 
right at the top of, you know, my thoughts is when I went through depression, it was six years ago, it was mm-hmm. severe depression. And this season right here that we're recording this in is like the anniversary of when it all hit. And it felt just like complete, utter darkness. And like, where was God in that? I felt a lot like he had just kind of slipped out the back door. Like he was there one day and then he just wasn't there anymore. And like, theologically speaking, like, of course he was there. He was present. He was there all along. But I didn't even know that there is this thing called like the dark night of the soul. And it is a time where you feel the absence of God. Like you, you literally like, are just like, I I don't feel him anymore. I don't feel his presence. But they say that the dark night of the soul, that a lot of us will encounter it in our own faith. And if we keep moving through that, we will actually come out with like a fuller experience of God than Mm. ever before. It doesn't make that time any easier though you know I remember like the dark night of the soul just the name of it it's like uh I'm gonna just bypass that thank you very much (laughs) oh yeah I mean and I feel like because when I went through that depression it wasn't just like me experiencing that it was a lot of people around me that were like okay like where is God in this like my mom was crying out to God throughout that whole season of like, God, where are you? Like, you're not telling me anything about like, is my daughter coming out of this? Like, are we going to be okay? And I remember she told me this story um, where like she was praying to God and all she heard God say back was, I've got this. And she was like flipping through her Bibles and she's like, you can't say that. Like, what do you mean? I've got this. Like, that's not even like, that's not in the Bible. Like I I must've thought that up on my own, but she just kept hearing God over and over again, say, I've got this, I've got this. And so that was one of those like breadcrumbs in the middle of the woods that we held on tight to is like, you may not feel like he's around, but then in in quiet ways, he speaks. It's, And it's not when we say that, it's also not like, oh, it's always like this audible voice, like, hello, God is here, you know? (laughs) Like, it's me. It's me. It's the I just (laughs) thought of that. Oh my gosh. But as you were saying that, that's reminding me of this moment I had in Mexico when I was healing, most recently healing from my last heartbreak, which was devastating. And I remember I was in the ocean and had this just moment with God where I'm just like trying to pray and I'm like this, that, and the other. And I get to the end of my list of prayers. I'm in the water. It's beautiful. And I started praying for my ex, the person who had just broken up with me. And I remember not even just a few seconds into praying, I felt God say, stop. I've got you and I've got him. Let's focus mm-hmm. on you. I have you in the palm of my hand. Like, because it's almost like we want to focus on, at least for me, it's like, okay, um, I'll just focus on everybody else. Like, like yep, yep. I'll focus yep. on that person or that situation. And, blah, 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 and I'm abandoning myself. And God's like, no, pray. I need you to be with me right now. Um, mm-hmm. And there was just something in that moment of like, oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, you care about how I'm doing right now. Okay. Right. Like, we, we forget that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so in one of your chapters too, you talk about like, you felt like you were one of those people that it, 
could experience very little joy and happiness in this season of your life. And oftentimes we listen to the voices in our brains and we create uh, elaborate stories of how this is never going to get any better. I'm never going to get out of this. And in some ways we doubt that God's ever hearing our cries for help. Like we may pray the prayer of like, God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? Right. And then nothing changes. (laughs) We're like, you aren't listening. And it feels, it can feel cruel. It can feel like, why just in this moment, why are you letting this happen? And I know that's exactly how I felt when in my breakup because this guy broke up with me. And then literally the day after, uh, my publisher emailed me being like, Kate, you have to review your manuscript one more time. I'm sitting in my bed crying my eyes out the next morning after this unexpected breakup. I remember feeling like, God, why are you mean? Like, this is mean. Like, I, I just had this moment being like, yeah. I'm in the wake of a giant heartbreak rejection. And you want, I have to read my book on rejection right now. Like, what do you mean? Uh, like, yeah. And it just felt like, and it, you know, that goes into a longer story of how that well, I needed that. I actually needed that. But in the moment, it was like, this feels cruel. And so in some of our darkest moments, in the dark night of the soul, sometimes lies come up. And so you talk about in fighting forward, just believing lies about ourselves, even about God. How do people right now go about just conquering some of those? Because I think that's so real. I think starting 2021, we need a fresh slate of leaving those lies behind us. Yeah. I think the only way to actually leave the lies behind is to deal with them. Mm. Like I think it maybe it's the wrong assumption that we can just move past them so much that they don't affect us anymore. I think anything we don't deal with, like it comes back to haunt us in some way, you know? Um, So it's like, if you don't deal with the rejection that you've experienced, that rejection is just going to pop up in a new manifestation later down the line. And so I would challenge people to start, start challenging what you're believing. Start looking at it and what I call like I say throughout the book like drag it out into the light force yourself to deal with it you know and I think like I had this experience a few years ago I I lost a friend of mine like they're still very much alive they just are we're not friends anymore and and that's such a hard thing that like people don't talk about like they just I don't know why we don't talk about like being rejected by friends but like it was something that like I dealt with but I think I dealt with losing that person. I don't know that I necessarily dealt with like the rejection or the pain or the, what that caused me to believe about God and his character. And so a few weeks ago, I was online on social media where all bad things happen, you know, (laughs) and all the lies get (laughs) exasperated. That's where they start. Yeah, man. Um, and I was, I was scrolling, I saw something pop up and it like included this person. And all of a sudden I felt like that gut punch, you know, like when you see like an ex on the internet and you're like, oh, they're still walking around this planet yeah. and like maybe doing well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see that, please, Lord. Uh, you're like, I, I, I don't, and I don't want you to suffer, but also I wouldn't mind it. But yeah. 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 If we're being really honest, but like a little <laughs> Just a little, like, say you're having a hard time or something, but, um, and so I, you know, it took me 
down and it took me by surprise. And all of a sudden I was like, I, I can't focus. I can't focus on the work I'm doing. I can't really focus on my husband. I have a seven month old daughter and I really can't even like focus on this right now. And I, I went for a walk and I was kind of thinking through things and processing things. And God gave me a lot of revelations as I was thinking through it. Um, one being, like I said, that I had maybe dealt with the surface level issue, but not the actual root of the issue, the lies that I was believing that I just, I never actually hauled out into the light. I kind of hid them away, hoping, okay, well, if I had them away, they'll go away, you know, and that's <laughs> just not true at all. We almost don't even admit that out loud, but it's what we're doing. We're like, eventually it will just disappear. And I'm like, oh, but if you pile filled boxes oh, into a yep, room in yep. your house, like at some point that room's going to get filled and you're going to have to go through the boxes and it's more painful because there's so many of them. <laughs> like. Absolutely. And like, I like, this was a huge revelation for me to not wait for the next thing to show up that's going to cause me to spiral and say I need to deal with it, but to start dealing with it now to like I say, like, go on the offense rather than the defense. When you go on defense, you're simply showing up to fight when something comes at you, wow, right? When you go true. on offense, you're like, I'm flipping the script, I'm going to charge head on into these things. And that has held so much power for me because the thing is like, if one lie is beaten, another one pops up. That's just the way it is. And it might be that way until we die. I'm not sure. (laughs) But I have, I feel like you become so um, ahead of the attack that you start to know the ways in which like Satan tries to take you down you start to be able to, in a way, like know your opponent. And like, what's cool about that is that the next time something pops up, it's not taking you by surprise. It's not causing you to spiral. You're able to say like, oh no, like I know I'm dealing with that thing. I am hauling that into the light over and over again and giving it to God. And so this doesn't surprise me. This doesn't hold power over me anymore. Yes. Yes. That's the exact thing, girl, because what I even write in, thank you for rejecting me is like, I say this in the intro. I'm like, y'all here is just, we got to rip off the bandaid. There's no magic pill or antidote vaccine. We're in the state of COVID. There's no magic vaccine that you can take to make rejection disappear forever. Um, or like the lies disappear forever forever. Like they, rejection will continue to happen to you. That's something that, especially when it's an external rejection, it's, you have no control. Some, a lot of times of some of those things happening. And so you will continue to experience it. I mean, point a exhibit a is what I just shared, right? Like, I'm like, I wrote this book on rejection and I'm like, okay, God, cool. So that means like, I don't have to deal with it that much anymore. Right. Right. Like now that makes me immune. I did it. I conquered it. I wrote a book to help other people. And then he's like, no, sweetheart. <laughs> he's like, Oh, it's not how it works. It's not. A lot of times I have a theory that like, whatever it is you write the book on, like, that's just going to be the thing that you deal with, which I don't, I don't want to speak that over your life. But yeah, like, no, no, exactly. I think about like come matter here, which was the last book I wrote. And it's like all about being here and getting their world. And I'm 
like, this is the challenge of my life. Just be <laughs> where my feet are. I did, I wrote a book, but I'm not an expert on it by any means. Right. No, no. And that's the thing is, but what you're saying is like, what I say in, thank you for rejecting me. We are trying to sharpen our tools. We're trying to be able to, when it comes again, whatever it is, in, in this case for my book, it's rejection, right? So if, when the rejection comes, you will be prepared so that it will prick you and not take you down entirely next time, you know? And yeah. it's just, how can we be, pre- it will still happen. But now I got these fresh tools and I will yep. keep adding to the tool belt. It's not like new things will happen or we have to sharpen old ones. I get a little dusty because we haven't had to use that one for a long time, you know, but we're constantly learning and growing and becoming more prepared. But the more we stuff down the lies or we numb out and we d- try to avoid, the more we aren't actually sharpening our tools and gaining what we need to be able to combat when those things come up in the future, which they will. And the more I feel like there's just freedom in that, Hannah, you know, to know, mm. to accept that it, that those, these kinds of things will, st- pain will happen. Rejection will happen. Mental health issues will still potentially happen. You know, you'll have seasons of just more darkness, more hardship. And, but now you'll have tools to deal with it. I mean, for me, it's like, okay, Kate, let's go into what are your major rejection lies that you believe about yourself. Let's, let's go now that you know them, this rejection happened, let's address it immediately. Cause it's real easy to just fall back into that slide of like, oh, well, I'm, I, of course, once he saw the real me, he ran because he believed I was this shiny thing on the outside as most people do leading a Mm. podcast, whatever it is. And then as soon as he got to really know the real Kate and the darkness, sometimes some of the things that hide in there, he's like, bye. Nope. He didn't want it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can I tell you though, that was the lie I believed for the (sighs) longest time about me in general. Like that people were always going to like the idea of me, but not like the reality of it. And then I met Lane and I remember saying, I'm worried that you don't like me. You just like the idea of me. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? You know, so it's like to just encourage you, the right person is not going to have any conception of the idea of you. That's not going to be the reason at all that they're even with you, you know? Yes. I think that's what a lot of us fear. And I know that's one of my biggest fears I've admitted to. Now, if you haven't heard yet, I wrote a book on rejection. It's called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose, and Learn to Fight for Yourself. And you guys, it comes out on February 16th. That's right, just in time for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Now, I know with confidence that this book is going to help you face your past rejections, heal from the ones you're going through currently, and prepare you for the future of rejections that may come. It's all of my darkest stories of rejection combined, from betrayal to heartbreak, abuse, abandonment, feeling like a total failure, not fitting in, being uninvited, wondering where God is within all of the pain, and even in the tragic ways in which I've self-rejected through self-hatred, insecurity, and body shame. Friend, I just truly cannot wait for you to get your hands on this book on February 16th. Now here's something else I want you to know. After years of helping others with their dating life, this year I found myself thinking I was in the middle of my own redemption story, when suddenly I got broken up with by the man I thought I was going to end up with. When I wrote this book, I never considered that the very words I'd write would end up being the exact thing I desperately needed to heal my own heart this year. 
I have spent many nights since that breakup on my hands and knees crying out to God in utter pain and frustration. But simultaneously, I have thanked God through the tears for the powerful healing that this book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, has provided for my own heart. Knowing what I know today, I gotta say this. I'm so grateful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted. Today, with more confidence than ever, I wanna shout, thank you for rejecting me. And friend, I want more than ever for you to be able to claim that for yourself too. Whether you're dealing with self-rejections like body insecurity or self-hatred, whether you're lonely and dealing with a massive heartbreak, whether you've been abandoned by someone important to you, maybe you consistently don't feel like you fit in anywhere. Maybe you've been betrayed or horrifically abused. Maybe you felt weighed down by sexual shame. Maybe you feel like a failure from all the closed doors in your life. Maybe you're stuck wondering where God is within all of it. Well, guess what? We're talking about all of that in this book. Now, if you are also feeling the weight of rejection right now, I want you to know I created a free five-step video series called How to Get Back Up When Rejection Knocks You Off Your Feet. It's all about how to muster the strength to take the very first steps right after being hit down. And today, I want you to know that if you pre-order my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, you'll be able to get access to this really special, sacred, and healing series. It has such a special place in my heart because it actually helped me in the immediate throes of devastation after my last breakup. These practical steps enabled me to have the groundwork to take the first steps to find the strength to stand up, tend to my hurting heart, and start the healing process. If you pre-order my book, thank you for rejecting me, you'll not only get access to this incredible series, but you'll also get a special workbook to coincide with the series. And you'll get early access to chapter five of my book called The Ugly Cry. You'll also get exclusive access to the Thank You For Rejecting Me Insider Launch Team, where we will be doing a private book club. What I've learned through my years of rejection is this. Rejection can try to have its way with us, but that doesn't mean we can't have our way with rejection. Friend, I am so excited to be on this journey with you. If you want to support me, you can go to thankyouforrejectingme.com or tyfrm.com and you can pre-order your book right now from your favorite book site and get immediate access to all the pre-order goodies. But okay, so we got to address these lies, bring them into the light, and then in the future, it's like... And this is the perfect time to do it starting the new year. It's like, okay, guys, what did we, what are the biggest things you believe from 2020? Is it Mm, that God isn't faithful to you? Is it that um, you'll never find someone? Because singleness has felt so dreary in 2020 for many people because COVID dating is strange. Or maybe they've just had to deal with a loss, like you even said, a friendship or had they been dealing with depression or mental health, just really big mental health struggles. So I love, and I'm going to just transition into, there was a chapter you talk about just committing to the first mile. And as we're like starting this new year, I think that so many people just need that refresh, uh, you know, whatever it is. So why do you like, tell us more about like committing to mile one. Cause I think we look at the new year, at least I did this for 2020. I'm like, here's everything I'm going to do in 2020. And you know, like I look back to my journal, all the pages of the vision for 2020. And I'm like, okay, 
that didn't happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you, have you seen that video that's going viral right now? I don't with know. The lady that was like, I looked back on my 2020 goals and like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She's like dying laughing when she's sharing it. Like travel more, be more social, yes. like spend more time with my grandma. And then she's like, and my grandma died this year. It's <gasps> oh like, no. It's actually, I mean, like it's, so funny right now though because like not funny that her grandmother died but like funny because it's going viral all over the place and if you follow her on instagram she just continues to like show up with like oh my gosh like i just got featured in oprah and this and that and she's like freaking out and like at one point she said something on her story this is such a side note but she said something on her story about how her toilet seat was broken and then like a toilet seat company reaches out and like sorry you've had such a bad 2020 like we'd love to send you a toilet seat (laughs) (laughs) and just I keep thinking of her when I think about the goals we set for 2020 oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it's like womp 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 like everything is just (laughs) R.I.P. I mean one of my goals was like meet your husband this year and I like I thought I did and then well nope as 2020 trends that didn't work out you know I okay when I was what year was it 2014 I think it was I set a new year's goal like I didn't know for sure I'm like I can't really be bold enough to say like I'm gonna meet my husband this year but I was like give yourself a decent chance to fall in love that was my goal and like I totally took that chance and like did fall for somebody and then he broke up with me and it was awful. Like, well, I did it. I accomplished it. Yeah. You're like, I got it. Oh, no. Yeah. No, not my thought. (laughs) Yes. So uh, what do you recommend for people to just start off on mile one? I think that's what we need to do versus like planning out the full race, you know, (laughs) of the year. So how do we do that? Okay. So yeah, I would definitely, cause I'm somebody who is, I'm a huge discipline junkie. I love studying discipline, consistency, commitment, all these things, which is why like the irony of new Year's that for some reason, like we all think, okay, like, let me set a bunch of goals because the strike of midnight means I'm going to be different. Not yeah. so much, you know? <laughs> right. um, it's kind of funny. And the thing is like, it actually works against you because then you, then you fail a bunch of things. And so then you start to like, you believe in yourself less. You tell yourself a story of how you can't. So what I would tell people is I would say, okay, like setting goals, that's great. Looking at your year and saying, it would be really nice if these things happened. That's awesome. You know, like I love creating a vision board. That's like really productive for me. And it sits on my desk and I can see it every day. And like, I don't know, like, I just really think that that's a really positive thing that you can do. But if you want to change, because I absolutely do believe change is possible, I would probably tell you pick one area first, you know, whether that is finance, whether that is relationships, whether that is, I don't know, your love life or your faith life or your health, pick one area that matters the most to you. And then instead of like giving yourself all these legalistic rules, like think about, okay, what is something I could add to my life in the month ahead that's going to make me a healthier person or a more faith-filled person, you know? That's good. And just try your best to show up that next month and do that thing as much as you possibly can. Because what you'll be able to do is look back at the end of January or February or whatever a month it is that you start. And you'll be able to say, oh, okay, well, like, 
I did this thing way more than I did the month before. And so that looks like progress. That looks like change. And that really is the essence of building healthy habits. Like you can't just overhaul your life overnight. You need to set up small, consistent habits that build a sturdier foundation for your life. Yes. And sometimes when we're in a dark season, in a confusing season, we see like all the things we want to change about our current status. And then because at least this is what happens to me, if I if I allow myself to sit in all the things that feel daunting and want to that I want to change right now, what happens is I become stuck and I do nothing. <laughs> You know, I yeah, like, absolutely. or, or I, I give like 5% to each one of the areas, in which case there's really no forward movement because I'm just like, I'll do little here, little, 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 and all the buckets. And then, you know, I can't keep up with all the buckets and therefore nothing actually changes. <laughs> That's my, it's so true. It's it, so true. Especially when you're in a hard season where your mindset is already pretty negative, you know, like when I went through pregnancy last year, I mean, I just had a really hard pregnancy. And then on top of that, a global pandemic happened and it just was my yeah, husband. You lost gave birth job. in the pandemic. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I have a oh. COVID baby. Oh so my it was gosh. so many things stacked on top of one another. And I felt kind of like helpless. Like I knew that I wasn't in the same pit that I was in years earlier, but I also felt like, okay, like I don't feel joy right now. Like I'm not experiencing joy. And I started to do the littlest thing. I bought this 79 cent notebook from Target and I started to track what I called my pleases and my thank yous. And so my pleases were my prayers and my thank yous were the things I was grateful for. And I would just carry that notebook with me and I would jot them down wherever I was several times a day. And I I remember watching my mindset start to shift and change and lighten. And like, that's such a small thing. Anyone can start doing that today, but like it makes a difference when it comes to how you view yourself or how you view God. You know, I think sometimes when we look at God and we, we think he's absent, it's because we have these massive prayers that we want him to answer and like I want a husband God and like year after year a husband has not shown up and sometimes we have tunnel vision so much we don't see all the other good and beautiful things that he has done for us the way he has blessed our career or given us a place to live or given us friendship because we have this one thing that we think he should fulfill on our timeline. Yes. That's the thing. Whenever I'm coaching, especially women, but guys go through this too. You know, it's when they come to me and they're like, I'm like, what is the biggest lie you're believing about your singleness? And they're like, that God's never going to bring me a husband or a spouse. And I'm like, okay. So it seems like there's a bit of unbelief that God will come through on something that you so desire. So I wonder if there's a way that, it, you know, it's like you feel forgotten. So, but yeah, that I always challenge them. Like, what about writing? That's the big thing that you're, you're fixated on. And it's making you blind to all the other ways that God is showing up. And it may be small ways. So mm-hmm. like my yep. first challenge to them is like, I want you to go and take it the last month, the last six months, whatever feels right to you, jot down all the little things that have happened that felt like a blessing to your soul. And if you haven't kept track of any of those, that's a problem. You know, that's also a problem. Like they got, there are good things that have 
have happened. You know, there are amazing little moments that God provides and we kind of like to graze over those because it's like, cool. Yeah, that's good. It's almost like, you know, self-righteous, like, oh yeah, well, yeah, thanks. But then we are like, but you still didn't give me this, you know, like, you're like everything is horrible though. <laughs> yeah. But like, and you still didn't give me the husband though. Like, cool. Yeah. I mean, that guy asked me out, but I, but he's not, I'm not interested in him. So where's my husband, you know, but instead of being yes. like, oh, a guy asked me out that felt good to me, you know, but instead we're like, it's yep. not the guy. God. So like, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, and that's so interesting too, though, because like, I remember when I was dating and you date somebody, you'd get your hopes up and then you'd be like, man, this isn't it. Like either he doesn't want me that way, or I don't want him that way. And I remember there was always this thing inside of me that like wanted to stay with the person because I didn't want to go back into the single girl gauntlet, you know, that's what I called it. Yes. Um, But I look back now and I'm like, oh, okay. So with these people that I dated though, I was learning more of what I wanted and what I didn't want. And we don't talk about that a lot in the church. We talk about dating to marry. And I think dating to marry is beautiful, but at the same time, like if you've never had ice cream, you don't know what flavors you there like. There we and go. Yes. I, I mean that in a personality way. People don't take that in another direction. Yeah, no, like, I got you, girl. <laughs> like, you don't know what compliments you. You don't know like what you really like or want or need. And so like when I made that decision to get on dating apps, I really was like, I'm going to figure out what it is that I'm looking for. Otherwise, I'm going to say yes to anything that comes my direction. And that's not necessarily healthy. Yes. No, exactly. I think actually the ice cream example reminds me of how I have overlooked the flavor of pistachio for years because I just didn't like the color. (laughs) I thought it looked gross because it was green. And I was like, I don't think I like pistachio. So no. And so I overlooked that flavor for Mm -hmm. years until recently. I was like, okay, fine. I will. I'll taste it because someone's like the pistachio here is amazing. So I finally tried it. Pistachio. I flipping loved it. I was like, this is amazing. What have I been missing all my life? I've just thought I was an anti-pistachio person, but it's so true. And I think that, and so it's just, even in, for anybody listening, when it's, you've been through rejections, what is God teaching you through that? What blessing came out of that? As cheesy as the phrase is, I believe that rejection is protection and it's redirecting us to something different in our lives that is also there to teach us like, okay, it doesn't have to teach us that there was something like terribly wrong with us. Maybe there are things we have to own, but maybe it's also showing us like, okay, what we really desire in a partner, or uh, maybe it is showing us a few blind spots that we need to work on. Great. I want to know that. I don't want to live my life with blind spots. Okay. Let's address those, you know, or maybe it's showing me that's what I thought I wanted. And actually what's best for me is probably not that. And sometimes we don't know that right away. Sometimes God reveals that through time. Um, As we're talking just of all this, Hannah, it's reminding me of one of my favorite verses, which also just, I feel like is an eye roll verse, but also I love it. But it's James one and it's just two through three, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness count it all joy, right? And because it produces steadfastness. And I think we allow these little lies, we allow these things to take us fully down and 
instead of almost expecting them, like we said before, and being able to find a way to have endurance. Because here we are at the start of 2021, and neither you nor I, Hannah, have any crystal ball to predict what this year is going to bring. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And there could be a lot of trials. Again, it could be a really hard year. So and it could also be a great year. And, but that's also part of it is like our perspective on it and how we choose to count all of this joy. What is God teaching me? How am I growing in intimacy with the Lord? How am I learning more about myself? What's coming up for me that maybe this is good. I get to address it. I get to heal from it. And, and you actually do talk about this in fighting forward, but like endurance, like having endurance, what does that look like? Um, because I think that above all, that's kind of what we need to have going into this next year. We, cause we don't know what it's going to look yeah. like. How do we, how, what, what does that look like for you? Well, what I love about endurance and like what I learned about endurance and I read about it in fighting forward is that I, well, so I'm a perpetual like runner in the sense that I, probably twice a year. I'm like, I'm going to become a runner, you know? (laughs) Um, And my husband's like, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And he always cheers me on, but like, it always fizzles out pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, And I love to do like the Nike run app because I like guided runs. I like for someone to talk to me and like cheer me on in the run. I can't let, I'm not one of those people that I can listen to music when I'm running. I have to listen to somebody guiding me or like a podcast. Yeah. Okay, girl. Get <laughs> so it. <laughs> I was listening to this guided run with coach Bennett and he went into this idea of endurance and this definition of endurance. And so what do you think? Like when you think of endurance, you think of like, yeah, like I'm owning the day I'm getting it done. I'm rising above the rest, right? Like endurance seems that way, especially when you read the Bible But in actuality, the definition of endurance means to remain in existence. Mm, And I was like, whoa, okay. So like, it's not what we thought it was. And I think like that's encouragement to me though, because there are some days where you feel like that's all I'm doing. It's like, I'm just remaining right now. Like I'm just existing. And like, I would say that's victory, you know, like it's your perspective that has to change on a lot of things. And like, what does it look like to endure? Because enduring doesn't mean that like you check everything off the list. Like you don't cry this year, like you make it happen. And I think some of us, we entered into quarantine with some of those expectations of like, I am going to own this quarantine, you know, like I'm going to make my life better. I'm going to lose weight. I'm I'm going to make banana bread now. That's whatever. I'm going to make the sourdough. Yes. I'd love to see like the therapist pop on, pop up on social media to be like, we are in a global pandemic. Like it is okay that like you are not writing the greatest novel of the world or like, you know, like it's okay if you don't have expectations for something you've never walked through. Like it's okay if you just walk through it. And so to me, it is being willing to shift that perspective. Like what you were saying about, um, you know, we didn't know what was coming into this year. Like I had no prediction of like what this year was going to look like. I knew from the first half of the year though, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what is going on? Like I am, I'm pregnant, but I'm sick all the time. And on top of that, like, you know, this pandemic shows up and my husband loses his job and it's like all these things right before I'm about to have a baby. Yeah. And 
I remember on the day that he lost his job, I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the dog. I'm going to go for a walk. That's kind of how I process things. And I was walking, walking, walking. And I walked so much at eight months pregnant, like five miles, got lost, didn't know where I was. And I came across on the roadside, he came across this church and it had one of those like old letter boards on there where they put all the messages. And it just said, 2020, the year of plenty. And I took a snapshot of that and I like put it in my calendar to remember. Now this was before everything got locked down. It was just like the start of everything. And I've looked back at it several times to be like, oh, okay, well that just hasn't happened yet. The year of plenty just hasn't (laughs) happened yet, you know? And now towards the end of the year, I'm looking back and I'm realizing, no, like it has been the year of plenty. I just needed to change what my definition of plenty looked like, you know, because really plenty means more than enough. And I can look and I can say, yes, like that's what we've been given is more than enough. But like, if my eyes are only adjusted towards what my expectations are, like I will miss what God can do. Yes. That's reminding me of just how as singles, we look at singleness as a disease almost like the way we talk about it is like this. Yeah. It's like the season to endure because it's just so hard. Right. And I'm like, wait, but how, how much we have so much in singleness. Like if I wasn't, I, after my breakup got to go to Mexico to heal. I mean, because I don't have, I'm not married, don't have a family could just go on a whim. Like what a gift that is, you know, like just because I'm single because even because of working from home, which has been a gift, I think out of 2020 in some ways for people of learning how to work from home, having more flexibility. Cool. Like, I mean, it's also caused us to feel lonely, but there's, there's, again, there's positives on both sides and positive negatives. But I mean, because of that, I've been able to travel. I've been able to be with friends and take on passions. And it's just like, I have so, I have a plentiful life in my singleness. I would, I love to get married. Like my goodness. Yes. But I also like, I don't have to see it as not a year, a a season of plenty, you know, where like my life will start and be full when I get my husband, when I find that spouse, when I have kids. Well, because this is huge though. What you're saying is huge because if you start to look at your life through such a narrow lens right now, like be like, well, I'm single. So like life hasn't really fully begun because I'm single. That mentality that you're burning into your brain it doesn't go away just because you meet somebody, you know, like it'll just be the next thing that you don't have enough of. Like that is a mindset of scarcity right there when it's like, but we've been given a mindset of abundance. So like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut in on you, but I'm like, no, love it, girl. No, we, we are to live a mindset of abundance. And it's like, I can look back at 2020 and be like, wow, there are so many ways that God did show up. It was not expected. And that's kind of like the last thing here that I was just going to bring up is like, we talked about the dark night seasons. And I feel like in those seasons, if we're really aware, we can see how God shows up in unexpected ways. And I think this is a great opportunity in time now that we thought maybe in 2020, we thought God was silent, but maybe we actually were looking at the wrong things and can reflect and say, oh wait, he actually showed up here, 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 and here. 
It just wasn't what my focus was on. I was focusing on him to just show up and work. And yet he showed up in all these other areas. He's still working on the work thing, right? If we lost our job, he's probably still working through and working on that, but he showed up in all these other areas. Right. And I mean, like what you're saying though, especially too, it's like when we think about like all the ways in which that we want God to show up, don't we ever think in some capacity, the way that we show up is required to change as well. Like there's a part in fighting forward that you just made me think of where I remember I was going through a season and I was talking to my friend Kelly and she's so wise. And I remember saying to her, God's just not showing up right now. He's not showing up. And she said, is it that he's not showing up or that he's not showing up in the way that you're used to him showing up? And she was like, you know, when the Israelites were in the wilderness, God rained down manna. We all know this. And every single day, that's how they got their food. Now, when they got to the promised land, there was a new means. God said, okay, like now you're going to plant gardens. Like now here's a shovel. You're going to cultivate your own food right here. And they didn't want it because they never wanted the means in which he showed up for them. Right. But like that challenges me to say, sometimes like when I'm not feeling the presence of God as strongly as I'm used to, Sometimes that's an invitation for me to go a layer deeper for me to say like, okay, like I'm going to approach you in a new way, or I'm going to take on a spiritual discipline, or I'm going to do something different. If you want different results, you have to do different things. Gosh. I mean, it's so good. I feel like we could just spend our, uh, so much of this time going to 2021, just reflecting on all the ways that we maybe missed in which God was showing up unexpectedly. And I think doing that can help us so much to realize like he, he isn't necessarily silent. Maybe we were just not listening <laughs> to the ways that he was trying to show us that he was showing up because your example with the Israelites is like, they didn't want what he was willing to give. Cause it's like our expectations. Sometimes we have certain expectations. We're like, God, it's only meaningful to me if you show up in this way. Uh, And so I wonder if in 2021, we look at it as like, yeah, I can grieve what happened last year. And I can also say, God, how do you open my eyes to what you want to do this year and have open my arms and my hands to saying, yes, I have vision. I hold it lightly and I just expect you to show up and I want to be attuned to whichever ways that you show up and not just what my small mindedness, what, how my small mindedness wants you to show up, you know? Oh, so true, girl. Oh. So true. So girl, my goodness, we love this conversation. I feel empowered by this. I'm like, yes, 2021, <laughs> we get it. Come on. But not in a way that's like, it's going to be the best year of my life, but more like I'm excited to fight forward, right, into this year of like conquering my lies and being more prepared for them, being more prepared for rejections that may come. I mean, hey, I just went through a breakup. Who knows what 2021 is going to go, what's going to happen, right? But I feel like God will continue and I know he will continue to show up in unexpected ways and how exciting. So as we do with every Heart of Dating interview, you already know this, we end with the same question, which is just, what's your final nugget of dating advice for the heart of dating people today? I mean, I think I just want to echo what we said earlier about what you said about the pistachio ice cream. You know, (laughs) I thought that was so good because I think we get so narrow-minded in like what we're looking for and like what we're expecting in a future spouse that sometimes 
the people that we actually need, like what we know that we need, like is it looks different than what we quote unquote want. And that obviously that doesn't mean like, hey, like date somebody you don't like at all because you need that person, like not at all. But like, I'm starting to learn it now. Like as I have, like I have a seven month old daughter and she's starting to try different foods. And of course she likes the bananas and the watermelon and the raspberries much more than like when we're giving her like, the good stuff, you know, like the avocado and like the spinach and stuff. And it's like, oh gosh, like this will be the battle that we face for the years to come because I know it for my own life. And it's like, okay, but like some things are good for you and some just like seem good for you in the moment. And so taking that into your dating experiences of like, what do you actually need what is it like that that maybe is missing in your life that someone can come along and compliment you rather than just looking to date yourself you know oh my gosh right or some perfect version of what we think will perfectly compliment us I think that's what God has ripped like me a new one on like even through rejections and even this past heartbreak it's like I really thought I would marry that person and God's still showing me ways uh that you know he's revealing new things to me. Like Kate, yeah, those things are important to you. They'll still probably happen, but these things, maybe you thought that's what you wanted. Maybe it's different. And, and holding that open-handedly of like, okay, like God knows better than I do. And I want to continuously be reminded of that. Cause I think if I'm being honest, my controlling tendency says, oh, no, no, I know better for myself and my life. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Till the end of time. Right. No pistachio <laughs> for me. Okay. <laughs> no, we all need to try the pistachio ice cream, but also just open-handedly have diff- have open expectations of what God wants to reveal to us through our pain, through rejections, through what we thought we wanted, but maybe what we actually need instead. And so I love that, Hannah. Thank you so much, girl, for this amazing combo today. I love you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And so if everyone wants to get Fighting Forward as well, I love this book. Oh, gosh, so good. Uh, and so easy to read just because of all the short chapters. So, you know, how do they do that? <laughs> So you can get it wherever books are sold, whether that is your local bookstore, shop indie, support indie, um, Amazon, anywhere that you can buy a book, basically. And if you want more info, it's at hannahbruncher.com. There's a page for Fighting Forward. I love it. Amazing. Friend, thank you so much today. I wish, I just want to give you a hug, you know? I I just love these combos so much. (laughs) One day we're going to do one of these in person. (laughs) Seriously, it's going to happen. Well, love you, friend. Have a great rest of your day. Love you too. Okay, y'all, what did you think about that episode with Hannah Brencher today? We're kicking off 2021 with a bang. I absolutely love Hannah. And you guys, right now, her brand new book, Fighting Forward, is officially available everywhere that books are sold. So you're going to want to go and check it out. It's so good and the perfect book to start off this new year. As you guys remember, this is officially season six, and each week we're bringing on a brand new guest to go over a specific chapter in my new book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, coming out on February 16th. 
On top of that, on Fridays, we will be releasing some mini series episodes. So stay tuned this Friday for our mini series where we're going to be diving further into the topic of hopeful grieving and how we can actually hopefully grieve the things of our past as we look forward into 2021 and all that is to come in this new year. All right, y'all, that's it for today. And we will see you for episode two of season six next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.